Hello, this is David Sangster, lead pastor at New Life Church. Thank you for joining us today for our podcast. It's our goal to help you grow in your faith and discover all that God has for you. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and inspired. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to be talking about that third level of this pyramid of wisdom. And uh, I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this one. I have been uh, I've been blessed in the last few weeks to be, I don't know, God's timing, is, God's timing is perfect, right? I've been blessed in the last few weeks to be reading materials that are going like this. It's just amazing. And you're going to get some of the benefit of that today. All right? So the big idea of this message is God's, God communicates his wisdom to us through the majesty of creation. The majesty of creation. See, the the natural world is the next level of this pyramid. And it is the one that we are rapidly losing touch with in our digital age. Rapidly losing touch. Um, I don't know how many of you have a Peloton. I'm going to pick on you for a second. Back in the day, back in the day, you wanted to ride in nature, you had to go outside. Now you can ride in nature digitally. Michael's like, yes, you can. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things. We're, we're, we, are, we are more tied to our screens than ever. And I believe, I do believe that ha- that has an impact on our culture, on our times, on our rhythms, and all those types of things. So would you open up to Proverbs chapter 3? Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to read 13 through 24. If I was a better pastor, I'd have the bookmark in there, but I'm not. 13. Yeah, it gives you time to get there too, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here we go. 13 through 24. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than the gain of silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deep broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Don't lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. How many people could do with a nice, sweet sleep? 
Did you know that in our day and age, the percentage of people who are not sleeping well has skyrocketed? Some of it is chemical. They're saying that the blue light that we see from our screens is stimulating our brains to a point where we can't rest. That's why they say it's really good to shut off screens for about an hour before you go to bed. The other thing is that through our screens, we're getting a window to the world. Whereas I'm going to, the title of today's message is that nature is a window to God. Nature, the natural world, is a window to God. All right? So, in Proverbs 3, 13 through 17, that encourages the, uh, the writer's son. So this is talking to a son, either a, a, a biological son or a mentor-type son, to get wisdom and treasure it. But at all costs, get wisdom. And that's what we're talking about, wisdom pyramid, right? So I want you to get wisdom. The verses begin with the personification of wisdom as a woman, which makes sense if he's talking to a young boy. Because if you want a guy's attention, you make it a woman. I can just picture the guy, the kid sitting there like doodling, and he's like, all right, wisdom's a woman. What? What did you say? All right, now I'm paying attention. And I believe, it's all red-blooded males do, that the woman is the most beautiful and remarkable thing that God created. That's why when Adam went to name her, he went, whoa, man. Whoa, man. Most beautiful thing. Verse 18 transitions the imagery to that of nature. A tree, the sky, and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth with wisdom and knowledge. We would do well to frequently remind ourselves that creation reveals God's wisdom to us. Psalms 119, excuse me, not 119, but 19. Psalms 19, 1 through 7 says this. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, They communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There is no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole world, even the whole earth, and their words, the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming for his home, for her home. It rejoices like the athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The instructions of the Lord is perfect. The instruction of the Lord is perfect. Renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy. Making the inexperienced On April 8th, 1966, Time Life published an addition to their magazine with the title, God, Is God Dead? Is God Dead? 
And for many in our culture for the last 50 plus years, they have believed that scientific advancement had and would continue to prove that God was dead or more poignantly, never existed. One of my favorite authors, Eric Metaxas, just released a book last week that I cannot stop reading, titled, Is Atheism Dead? The idea of the book being that against expectations, the 50 years of science and archaeological studies has not disproven the existence of God as much as they wanted to. It has not. Rather, has brought leading scientists of various fields to consider that there is no better way to logically explain the layers of intricacy throughout the universe from the, big, from the biggest to the smallest than to accept the existence of a designer. High-level cosmologists, physicists, scientists of all rank are saying, and they don't want you to know, it's the way we don't talk about this, but he's revealing that this is what's being said in academia right now. They can't get away from it. I need, I need a volunteer. Anybody? Come on. Come on. All right, for those of you who don't know, this is an amazing woman. Her name is Deb, Debbie Carrillo. Everybody give Deb a hand. This is one of my favorite books. It is by Walter Isaacson. And I want you to heft this book and just feel it. It's a very heavy book, isn't it? Now, if you page, if you page through it, what do you see? I see words. words. I see pictures. You see pictures. pictures. Yeah, pictures of arch architecture. Look for, at that. Yeah. Look at see a maps, all kinds of stuff. Now, I want you to tell me, look at that one. Pretty awesome. It's an unborn baby in a drawing, and it's old. Leonardo da Vinci. Now, Deb, I want you to tell me, how did this book come into existence? Well, somebody sweated over a lot of words, and they rewrote and rewrote and rewrote, made sure they got it right, did their research, found all those pictures, put it all together, had to make it into a manuscript, and send it off to who knows how many publishers before it finally got, well, it finally got accepted. And we don't know how many rejection slips uh, yeah. Walter Isaacson got before he finally hit the jackpot. Because sometimes it takes that. I, have, I want to go a little further with you. Um, what is this substance that it, these black scrollings are on? Paper. Where did that come from? Trees. Oh, a tree? <laughs> That's just stupid sounding. That a tree could be in that, that manuscript. Well, how, how does that work? Deb's a teacher, so I'm really putting her on the spot. But Deb, how is, uh, what is E equal MC squared? Explain it. No. <laughs> no. The tree. Go, go for the tree. <laughs> but trees, they cut the trees down, they slice them up, and then they start processing them. They pulp the pulp it, pulp the, wall, the yep. wood up, mm -hmm. make wood pulp, and then from the wood pulp, Interestingly enough, Deb is absolutely correct, and we did not practice this at a time. <laughs> she's, she's pretty knowledgeable here. So what would you say if I said that this book, with all of its intricacies, all of the things that make up this very, very heavy tome about somebody who literally existed, just happened? 
It didn't just happen. No, it did. It just happened. It fell on my desk one day, fully formed, with all the ink and the paper organized correctly into words and sentences. The paper was pressed miraculously from nothing. So what would you say? came into your office. No, no, no. They just, went from Barnes and Noble, nope. and then they dropped it on your No, nope, just happened. <laughs> it just fell there from the sky. It was spontaneous. So was there a hole in your office now? <laughs> Didn't need a hole. It just appeared. It just appeared. Now, I'm your pastor. I'm telling you. <laughs> buying this one pass. Why? Because. I'm telling you that this is what happened. Don't you trust me? You believe that maybe, but I really don't think you do. That's the thing. I really don't think you really have, This is how heavy this book is. Wow. Thanks, Evan. Love you. Give it up a hand. This book is really heavy. A lot of people did a lot of stuff to make this book come into place. And nobody, if I believed that, if I really believed that, you would be required, especially the board, you would be required to get me help. I'm not even joking. If I believed that this came into being without any design, the words, form, letters, formed into words that form sentences, that form paragraphs, that form chapters, that form sections. Oh, and by the way, there's pictures with ink, and there's a cover that's sewed, glued, from, with paper that was once a tree. Pages, I mean, I'm telling you, if I said this, is, this miraculously just happened, you would commit me, and you'd be right to do so. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. DNA. Now we're going to get sciency. DNA is the material, the thing that carries all information about how a living thing will look and function. It's basically a book. It's like a library. DNA is a library of, that tells you it, it, it's, it's so intricate. It's, it's, it's the thing that makes the things, that makes everything living. Okay? DNA has a complex structure, much more complex than letters to words to sentences to paragraphs to books. It is made up of chemical substances that are, like, are linked together like a, a chain, as you can see back here. DNA helps cells to make the substances called proteins, proteins, which the cells need to live. DNA also allows living things to make more living things, to reproduce. There are four different bases in DNA. These four chemicals are repeated in different orders over and over again in each uh, strand of DNA. So think about binary code, ones and zeros. There's four. Do you know what we can do with ones and zeros? It's, it's amazing. Ones and zeros can get a lot done. Think about the internet. It's all ones and zeros. Think about adding two more of co code structure into that 
and now you have DNA. The order in which these, uh, these bases are arranged is very important. If you don't put them in the right order, you have problems. It forms a code that tells cells to make certain kinds of proteins. The differences in these proteins is what makes different living things, such as a cactus, a gerbil, and two different people, different people. Now, now I'm about to blow your mind. Each human cell has around six feet of DNA. Each human cell, not each human, each human cell. Let's say each human has around 10 trillion cells. This is actually a lowball estimate. That would mean that each person has around 60 trillion feet or around 10 billion miles of DNA inside of them. The earth is about 93 million miles away from the sun. So the library of information packed in your DNA could stretch to the sun and back 61 times in you. And it all has to work. And here's the kicker. You take one of those things out, everything falls apart. One. It had to work at the beginning. It had to work when it started. Because it, didn't, it couldn't evolve to that because you take one of them out and it's gone. It had to work from the start. And that's just one person. Think how many times we go to the, the sun with all of us. If it is insane to believe that a packet of information happens by chance, how can you anyone believe that a packet of information such as DNA is a product of random process? Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now that word is, the Hebrew word is yira, Put that up. Yira. And it means fear and terror, like, like real fear. And real terror, like what? Like anybody who's ever seen the image of God has his face buried in the sand. He wants to get out of there because of the awesome nature of who God is. And he says, and, and the people who have had that experience say, I am undone, as if the very molecules of my body are trying to get away from the awesomeness of God this being. But it also means this. Awe-inspired fear of God. Like an awe. Like, whoa. When you start looking at DNA, the only response is, whoa. It's always been there. We're just learning about it now. But it's been working since the beginning. Think about that. It didn't even, it didn't even care that we didn't know it was there. It's not like we figured it out and like, oh, thank God, you finally re recognize all the good work I've been doing. It doesn't care. It doesn't care. It's always been working before we knew it was there. It also means respect and reverence. Yira. The natural world is an amazing muse as to the awe inspiring nature of God. 
his bigness. Think about the universe, his power, his vast intelligence, his artistic genius, his ultimate control. Got the whole cell in his hand. From the smallness of the subatomic to the hugeness of our universe. Start thinking about that, and you're going to go, like Adam did when he saw Eve, whoa. He could care less about Adam's at that moment, about DNA. He's like, whoa. We're going to go somewhere else. You ready? Consider the human eye, which has about six million cones packed into the fovea, a small pit in the back of your eye that helps with sharpness and detail of images and color perception. I sit across from my wife, and I notice that the woman sitting across from me has the most beautiful brown eyes in the world. But that's just what I see. All these things are happening in my eye to notice her eye, and she's noticing me. I'm noticing her beauty, but I wouldn't be able to do that and perceive the color of her eyes if I didn't have six million cones working on their own. I didn't know there were cones in my eye. They've been working since the beginning, and I didn't even know they were there. And I'm able to perceive beauty because of those little things that are so intricate that if they're set off by just a little bit, it results in blindness. Now, we went small. Cones, DNA. Now, consider the placement and size of the earth which is 7,917.5 miles in diameter. I measured it. It took me a long time. Long measuring tape. Scientists now know that the Earth is precisely where it needs to be in what's called the hep... I always have a hard word, uh, time with this word. Habitable. Uh, habitable. <laughs> Say that five times. Habitable. Habitable zone, not too far from the sun and not too close. They also call it, which I prefer than the habitable zone, the Goldilocks zone. Not too hot, not too cold, just, just right. Now, and it is precisely the correct size. Did you know the earth had to be a particular size in order for us to be here? Yeah, this, uh, it's precisely the correct size so that the electromagnetic field is strong enough to protect us from the solar winds that would have stripped our atmosphere of anything that we need to, to breathe and everything, all the chemicals and stuff, but not so strong that the atmosphere is too thick for us to breathe. They say if it was a little bit stronger, it would be like trying to breathe sand. And if it was a little bit weaker... There would be no oxygen, there would be no helium, there would, uh, it would just be stripped away by the solar winds. Did you know, I'm full of knowledge today, that Jupiter and Saturn 
must exist for life to exist on earth. Jupiter and Saturn must exist for life to exist on earth. Why? Because they're big garbage suckers. Their gravitational pull is so large that it, it takes all of the meteorites that would normally hit our planet and, just, and hit it, and it sucks them in. It's like a, they're like big hoovers. I'm a, I'm a, that's what they're for. I didn't know this until I started reading books that just happened to fall into my desk. Way better than Amazon, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> really bored. I'm, I don't really believe that. So. The nature, the natural world is awe-inspiring and opens us to a window, a window to the divine. So though we should recognize nature as an important source of wisdom for our informational diet, we must be careful not to make the mistake that countless generations of people have done and see it as a reflection only of God's glory. Romans 1.25 says this, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. Now we know what that word means and we're really on top of it. Amen. So be it. We, we lean into that. Verse 28. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a corrupt mind. I like the translation that says a depraved mind. So, they, so that they do what is not right. When we trade the worship of the creator, and we put our focus on the creation, we run into all kinds of problems. And I'm telling you, that's what our generation has done. That's what they did. It's called, it's called idolatry. It's been all through our human history. It's the same problem. It's just got a different face now. And it's called atheism. Secular Darwinism. So what does it look like? Think about this passage. Because they didn't think it was worth, uh, worthwhile to acknowledge God. God delivered them over to a corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. What does that even look like? I'm going to tell you what it looks like. It looks like Bill Nye the science guy telling young people that they're in infinite genders. And that gender is on a spectrum. We have medical doctors with all kinds of letters behind their names saying that men can have babies. It's just insane. It's depraved. I'm gonna get, I would love to take one of those doctors. Say, go out in nature for like five minutes and observe the natural world just, just go out there for just a little while. You're going to find out that all around the world, we have two genders. That's kind of how it works. See, the boy, well, we won't go into that today, because let your, let your parents deal with that later. Uh, there's always the two. And guess what? Just a little insight. The girl in that relationship, has the babies. 
just letting you PhD weirdos know that if you just walked out into the nature of God's world, you would see natural rhythms and understand that the things you're cooking up in your offices, on your computers, is insane. It's nuts. It doesn't make any sense. You, why? Because they worship the creation rather than the creator, and they've been given over to a depraved, corrupt mind. Get outside for a little bit. Look at a bird's nest. There's eggs in there. The boy didn't lay them. Every time I talk about something like that, I go, what about seahorses? What about seahorses? Yeah, I know. The boys have the babies. Are you a seahorse? End of the conversation. All right. Why would anybody begin to believe these kinds of nonsense? Because they do not have a holy fear of God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And have worshipped the created thing rather than the creator. They've been, they've been given over to a, all manner of perversion and nonsensical thinking. Don't let the world tell you that you're a fool for using common sense. We are pressured into, into believing and saying things that are politically correct or socially correct that are nuts. In a few years, everybody who's saying that, I hope, oh God, I hope, is going to be like, remember when they used to say that weird thing? It's a fad, it's a phase, it's, a, it's awful. People spend too much time living in their artificial virtual world disconnected from the nature and the natural rhythms as they are prone to believe whatever the talking heads tell them. Their window is to the world through their screens, whereas the natural is a window to God. I got an idea. Go outside. That's what I tell my kids. Get out of my face. Go outside. My parents had no idea where I was. No idea. I remember being on the top of a cliff with no railings, with a camcorder, throwing a straw dummy over it to get a shot for our little movie that we were making. Yeah, we could have died. Don't do that. That's just me being stupid. All right? I'm not advocating that. Railings are a good thing. I'm saying I, I mean, go outside. Get some sun. See the world breathe. You know, oh my goodness. Nature is a window to God. We are meant to see the beautiful things God created and praise God. Consider all the nature-inspired metaphors throughout the Bible. Psalm 1-3 says this, He is like a tree planted by the flowing stream that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. I believe that past generations who lived in a more agrarian society understood this Bible better than we do. 
don't even know if I said that word right. Is that right? Agrarian? Agrarian. I like my word better. Got more syllables. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The book of Proverbs is filled with imagery from the created order. One of my, here, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to give you some information from the book of Job. And I don't usually do this because the book of Job, there's only like one good section, in my estimation, of the book of Job. It's at the end. If people are quoting you the book of Job, be very careful because most of the book of Job is like bad theology. Like on purpose. The, 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 the people who are talking to Job, they're spitting out bad theology. So don't quote Job as like, you know, because you're probably wrong. Um, but at the end, Job kind of goes, God, are you even here? Do you even care? And God says, oh, Job, I'm so sorry. Did you have a hard time? Oh, Job, I, 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 I forgot about you. I went on a long trip. I was out creating a supernova. Now, somebody says, it's so cool. It's my favorite part of Job because Job goes like, God, why did you, did you, do you even know that? Don't you see me? He goes, hey, Job. Consider the wild donkey. Consider the wild, what? Why am I considering a wild donkey? I just asked you, why did you, do you not care? Yeah, consider the wild donkey. Did you provide for it? Did you make it? Did you feed it in the wild? Oh, and Job, consider the storehouses of snow. What? what? Did, you, did you store up snow so that it snows in the right time and doesn't? You know? I didn't think so. And he just goes through all these. Consider the ostrich. What? Why are we talking about ostriches? I, I just lost my family, man. It's like God never answers his question. He just says, consider the natural world. And by the time he's done, Job was like, you are God. You are God. I shut my mouth. You are right. You are worthy. You are good. You are powerful. You are the almighty. I am a worm. All Job had to do was be reminded God's natural world and the rhythms and the pace, and Job was undone by it. No more complaints. No more words for God. It's pretty cool. So read the end of Job. It's awesome. While it's easy to, it's easy to see God's wisdom and the beauty of creation, it is much more difficult to recognize when we consider natural disasters. We've seen them. Tornado will rip through a, a community. So we've had tsunamis in the last few earthquakes and wildfires. Natural disasters reflect the sin-induced brokenness of this creation. Do you realize that this creation is the, the beauty of all we have is just the remnant of what was destroyed by a flood? And it's still gorgeous. Imagine when God makes all things new. I can't even, I, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be beyond. But, 
But our, our world has been marred by sin, and we live in that. We live in that every day. But God's beauty shines through when the vegetation returns in a charred forest. It doesn't take long. In fact, it's usually more abundant after the... Now, that doesn't minimize the loss of life and all those, but it's amazing to see that God overcomes those broken, broken things in so many ways. When the animals adopt, uh, adapt into dis, uh, the destruction of a habitat, they adapt. I'm not saying we should go destroy habitat so we can see people, uh, animals adapt. I'm just saying it happens, but God's, God's bigger than it. Both of these things remind us that God will make all things new. So I'm ending with this. Ready? Take a walk. Take a walk. Get some fresh air. Look at a mountain. Here's that idea. Don't look at a mountain through the 3 by 5 lens of your phone. It'll still be there. Take a picture in your mind. Enjoy the beauty of it without having to capture it. That's the beauty of wild things. Not just capturing them, but seeing that they're uncapturable. Wade into a crystal clear lake, a pond, beautiful water. Laugh. You know what has to happen in your body for you to laugh? I'm not going to go into it because it's pretty complex, but it's awesome. Alberta, that laugh right there, you know how many things are going on in your body right now? And did you know that that laugh is releasing uh, chemicals into your brain that is causing you to feel better? Play with a baby and marvel at the little fingers and toes. Enjoy the rapid oxidation of material in the exothermic chemical reaction. <laughs> or for you lay people, look at a fire. Hold your spouse's hand. Feel that electricity. You guys know that your bodies emanate electricity? Did you know that? You're electrically charged. So when you hold your spouse's hand, ooh. Give her a kiss. Tastes pretty good. You realize what it happens in your brain when you kiss your spouse? Not only in your brain. <laughs> Savor the taste of a piece of fruit. Indulge in a well-prepared meal. And that excludes every fast food joint in the world. Something that took time that you had to wait for. Did you realize that you enjoy food more 
when you've had to smell it for a while, your taste is enhanced by your sense of smell. When you smell something good, you know what happens? Your mouth starts to salivate. And that increases the pleasure of eating. It's just, you're, you're amazing just in the fact that you eat and laugh and see. Live real life. Live real life. It's a window to God. Lord, I thank you for every single blessing, the ones we know about and the ones we don't know about that work even though we don't know they're there. Lord, you're so amazing. From the bigness to the smallest. They just, they keep splitting them, Lord, and they can't seem to get to the bottom. Every time they split something, they get something else inside. You hold all this together. You are so good. Lord, help, the, help us to get a steady diet, appropriate diet of the natural that just screams to us of the supernatural. Help us to get back into healthy rhythms of life and build a life of wisdom that is based in your word and is biblically centered in the natural world. We give you praise and glory. When we think about these things, Lord, words don't seem to be able to express. Just thank you. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go outside. Well, not right this second. You can talk and have a good Love you guys. Have a great week.